So I think we first need to be talking to these folk and say, you know, change is uncomfortable and you need to start expecting to experience some discomfort, right? Um, And we need to point out that we experience this discomfort on a daily level. Yes. And they don't want to be that guy, but they're also not wanting to have that discomfort, Mm. right? Seek to understand your privilege, right? And, And even the way I said that, seek to understand not to be understood. Stop talking. Hello, Tanya. Welcome. Hey, Maya. Good to be in the studio again. We're both uh, reveling in our <laughs> poor weeks. Yeah, and we're a little under-caffeinated between yeah. us as well. <laughs> but we are ready to deliver a show that packs just as much of a punch as normal. Um, And before we go any further, I really quickly want to give a content warning because we recently did an episode about consent and we've been tuned into the discussions that are constantly happening and ongoing around consent, assault and the culture of sexism, abuse and the microaggressions that female-identifying people deal with every day. It does feel a bit like recently the media is focusing on the sordid details and problems and issues with that are not really articulating or identifying how to help uh, female identifying people and the government. They're a bit of a bit of a shit show currently. Since our last show on consent where we discussed um, Jen and the kids, there have been so many more bombshells out of Canberra and not to mention some pretty disturbing events happening overseas recently. It's all, it's been pretty exhausting. I think, Tanya, you and I, between us, and even with Jenna, um, the Let's Talk About Sex producer, have really communally identified this feeling of like, ugh. We have indeed. And so before we continue in, I just want to give folks, if you're tired and this is a little too much because there is a lot going on about this or if the content um, might make you feel not so great, this is an opportunity to wander off and make a cup of tea. We'll Mm -hmm. be talking about something that might be a little bit more easy digestible next time. Um, But now might be the time to wander off. Yes. And on that, Tanya, I've spoken to so many different friends who feel the same way they feel tired they feel like they've had enough they've expended as much emotional energy and labor that they really can at the moment Mm. why do you think um there are people out there if if you're wondering why do you think there are people out there who maybe aren't clocking into why we're feeling like this and why so many people why are you feeling fed up right now yeah. Oh boy, how long have we got for why am I feeling fed up right now? <laughs> um, it's, it's quite interesting because I think I can't speak for everybody on this. I really can't. But I can talk about what I've been seeing and hearing um, and experiencing personally as well. And it does appear that the clumsy handling by the government of really serious incidences of sexual assault, harassment and inappropriate behaviour has really impacted people around the country. It's relatable. This is this. I hate that nearly every woman can relate to the stories that are coming out in the media. I've seen the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age. They invited people to write in, and they, I, I had to stop reading after half a dozen letters because it was distressing. 
all of the times women have been sexually assaulted or inappropriately treated by family members in the workplace, at school, in their organisations. It's, you know, so many people uh, have had these experiences and then they're fearful about losing a job or a committee position or upsetting family or feeling unsafe and expecting further being creeped out and creeped on, mm. right? So the, it's the fact that it's plastered all over the media now and that people in power still don't seem to be getting it or doing anything about it and is just, yeah. absolutely enraging. And handling it so poorly. Yeah. So poorly. I think you're damn straight that women are going to be upset about this and it's really actually okay to be feeling like that. I want to just sort of because a lot of folks are like, what is wrong with me? I'm so tetchy. And there's a whole bunch of stuff. I think there's a whole bunch of astrological things going on as well that's making oh, people no. a little bit crazy. <laughs> but this kind of news consistently and coming at us all of the time and reminding us of the times when we haven't felt good mm. is really unsettling for us in general. And it, it certainly will help us revisit trauma. And trauma is stored in the body. So that sort of feeling of ill ease. That can be like a, a memory that we're having. And with trauma memories, they're not like a nice little story that you speak to people about like, hey, you remember when we were five and we went fishing for holidays and we caught a big fish? Mm. It's not like that. You actually relive the experience because it's stored in your body. So I think that that would explain for a lot of people feeling very out of sorts and also enraged. Totally. And I mean, I think as well what I've noticed really is how so many, again, friends and I have been discussing this, how there's this unspoken understanding almost rule or just like you're not even going to bother to an extent um, between women and other female identifying uh, persons who feel as though the men in our lives don't really seem like they know what we're talking about or don't really understand like and that's not to calm down that not all men are whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that we're not we're, let's we're not even going to go there. Yeah. But rather I think there is this this very much idea like everything will be if if this topic comes up or something like that, it's on the surface, let's not go any deeper cuz it's not going to get it. They're just not going to understand, they're not going to get it or they're not going to understand from our perspective. How do you think we can better engage with the men in our lives about this when it sometimes feels like something that they don't really want to know or don't really talk about, ask questions about? Mm. That's that's such a good question. It really is. Um, I think a lot of men will be feeling bewildered at this rage because it's part of their privilege to not have to worry about these things. And if you know, if you don't have to worry about it, it's a privilege. Right, so it's shocking for them when it's brought to their attention. They're almost going to refute it like, oh, it's not that bad, it can't be that bad, mm. because it is actually enraging when you think about the statistics and the figures. So I think we first need to be talking to these folk and say, you know, change is uncomfortable and you need to start expecting to experience some discomfort, right? Um, and we need to point out that we experience this discomfort on a daily level. Yes. So don't feel uncomfortable and awkward and push it back on us because we've had enough. We want you to take some of that discomfort as well. It's no longer simply okay that you don't attack or intimidate women. We actually need men to stand up to other men who contribute to rape culture and call them out. So saying things like, those jokes are not funny, putting women down is not okay, 
They do not owe you sex. They're human beings, not sexual conquests. They're equal. They're not there to do your housework, raise your kids and to fuck you into next week. Right? It's, it feels like a lot of people just have this inherent idea that women are there to make everything easy for them. And they don't even realize that they're thinking like that. I'm like, how come men just get to put up their feet and coast, not do the housework, not do the dishes? How did they earn that privilege? Because right? mm. I remember years ago, a family member telling me that women had to earn the right to equal pay. And after oh. I picked my jaw up off the ground, I was like, really? And what exactly did you do to earn being paid more? And they, they, they had no answer, right? But to be fair, I think that younger men today are much more open to learning this and to understanding what women go through. I see them paying attention to consent and asking more questions about dating. And they don't want to be that guy. But they're also, you know, like not wanting to have that discomfort, mm. right? And I think a lot of it comes from the fear of having a false accusation because they've seen so many men uh, go through the Me Too accusations. Totally. There's, there's a lot happening there. So I want to address that false accusation thought because it's it's gaining momentum and it's not true. The research shows that less than 5% of rape reports and sexual assault reports are false. Right? And there's been extensive research into this. It ranges between 3 and 5%, depending on the research you look at. And you want to really look at the treatment of the women who come forward. Have a look at what's happening to the folk in the media. Mm. Why? Just why would you want to put yourself through something like that to seek revenge or to be famous, which I think is what a lot of these folks Such are saying. Such a load of... like. Just, yeah, <laughs> just trying to think of a polite way of putting it, but just such a waste of energy. It is, and it's so re-traumatizing to have to go through the systems of yeah. reporting, to have people tell you, to be told by family, by partners, by employers, by police, by the community in general, that it's really uncomfortable if you make a fuss about this, you know, and could yeah. you please not? It's really terrible, and... If we don't get on board with this, it's not we're not going to get change anytime soon. And you keep like I even see what was it the the person that accused Christian Porter oh, yeah. of um, sexual assault. The media wrote that they had mental illness. Of course, they freaking had a mental illness. They were sexually assaulted when they were sixteen years old. That is what happens. So if you're looking at the prevalence of mental illness and anxiety and things like borderline personality disorder and bipolar and schizophrenia, these things are all precipitated by trauma. Mm. And sexual assault, as we know, is a big, big trauma for people. Absolutely. And, I mean, I guess the main reason why I ask that question is because that same feeling of not really wanting to go any deeper or just not, to an extent, bothering or wanting to question something goes beyond just us as these privileged white women. I can't speak for, but I can sympathise that so many people of colour must feel that exact same way when they walk yeah. into a room full of white people. Yeah. For queer people who walk into a completely heteronormative space, it's the same thing, and it's on us to be able to, I guess, point it out in this context so that people can realise that it happens in many different spaces as well. Absolutely. When you think about it, this country was colonised on the brutal rape and murder of Indigenous people, right? So, you know, the Indigenous women of this country, that's their history. Uh, so I do understand that they also might be like, excuse me, why are you making such a big fuss? This is, you know, what happens in our communities all the time and isn't being addressed. So, yeah, I think 
the the, the conversations are deep and they're there's many, many tendrils yeah. of this. I, I just, it's kind of like, really, why are we treating each other so poorly? Uh, and why is it a few, a, a, you know, a small group of people that get to do a large amount of damage? I remember when I was studying at college, I um, learned that child sex offenders had an average of 40 different victims in their lifetime. And um, adult rapists had 70 different victims in their lifetime. And I stood up and said, that's not true. Because I couldn't believe it mm. and got made to go and write an essay on it. And, boy, it was so sobering. So it's not – you're right. The people are saying it's not all men. It isn't all men, but it is enough men. Yeah. And other men are allowing for this kind of behaviour to go on. It's And it's not necessarily ending in full-on sexual assault, but we'll get to it. It's and it's ending in things that make women generally feel unsafe. Women and all sorts of folks that generally outwhite cis men. Yes. We're going to come back uh, right after this next track here on FBI Urine. Let's talk about sex on mornings with me, my umbilic. This one out of Melbourne by Body Maintenance. It's called Sheets. On FBI Radio, we're back on Let's Talk About Sex. Um, and a shout-out to the person who texted in saying, no astrology, please, this is important. You are correct. <laughs> Thank you. We're taking that back. Um, and we're going to go into a little bit more on, I guess, being uncomfortable and working around it as a woman, a female-identifying person, non-binary person, uh, queer person, because they do kind of share that same experience. And we want to talk more, Tanya, what do you reckon are some of the subtler forms of sexism that make women and people feel uncomfortable? And how can we explain these to the men in our lives? Yeah, because we're going to talk about sexism now, but I want to speak to just what you said there about everybody. And remember when we talked last year about the politics of pleasure Mm. and we used a term called the hierarchy. I just want to pop that out there as well in that sometimes we are going to be feeling oppressed, but sometimes we're going to be the oppressors, right? So it's really important to understand that... uh, the particular groups we're in, uh, the privileges that we hold can sometimes work against other folk. And I think, you know, I think, yeah, from speaking to lots of people, there's a bit of an oppression Olympics going on at the moment in some circles. And mm. I don't think that that's particularly helpful. I think that, you know, if you get run over by a bus on the corner of Pitt and George Street, what street you're on doesn't really matter. The fact that you've been flattened by a bus is really more important. So we need to be looking at this in terms of behaviour for all kinds of people. So we're going to talk sexism today, but there's a lot to think about. We're really only scratching the surface. We really are. And it's always going to inform conversations about sex and love and relating because these things impact our pleasure. That's why they're important. So subtler forms of sexism. Uh, Talking over the top of women. Really simple. I've read so many articles actually written by trans men who've been absolutely shocked that suddenly everybody started listening to them when they transitioned, right? It's super obvious, but yet it's not. Mm. Um, Things like mansplaining, you know, stop for a second and think, do I need to explain this to this person? Simple consent, like, would you like me to um, explain this to you? Or is there, are you open to a point of view on this? You know, I've had letters, I've had letters when I'm writing for um, the ABC from 
America where men are mansplaining me on how to use certain terms. I think I use the term blinkers and then they said, no, I think you'll find it's blinders. And I'm like, thank you, Mr. Farmer from Kansas. Uh, that's lovely. And then he went, oh, my goodness, you're Australian. So maybe you say things differently there. And he actually apologized, which was good. Oh, that's good. But it was a shitty feeling. I'm like, yeah. really? Out of the whole article I wrote there, you're going to pick that. Okay. So it diminishes, you know, that, that sort of thing. Uh, so always ask people, are you open for an opinion or some extra information on that? Simple things. Um, women not being believed for their professional qualifications, being mistaken for the secretary instead of being in charge, being assumed that a doctor will be a man. I used to have um, a lovely uh, uh, female person of colour client who every time, she was the, always the keynote speaker at conferences, every time she arrived, security would say, excuse me, what are you doing here, and try and take her lanyard off her and just assume oh that God. she shouldn't have been in the conference space. Yep, every time. Not just once. Oh. Yeah. Um, when we're assertive, you know, being labelled bossy or shrill or aggressive, um, women having to have lots of different professional outfits and not being allowed to wear certain items of clothing, but being told to wear makeup and heels in certain professions. Um, women spend on average 30 minutes a day extra getting ready for work than men do. Uh, so these are all little oppressive things. Yeah. Oh. You know? And when you think that they're also doing a lot more domestic work and things like that, it adds up to people being tired. You're actually not burning out. You're actually having a hard time swimming around in a system that is not kind to you. I need to point that out to people. It's very important. Um, Scott Morrison on that show, the current current affairs show, um, referring to the men, Mr. Porter, Mr. Shorten, the Attorney General, the Commissioner, my chief of staff, and then addressing the women by their first name only, Brittany, Linda, Tracy, not acknowledging their professionalism. This is our prime minister, mm. right? Uh, just so many things. I hear stories all the time about women being given the responsibility of looking after their drunken workmates, actually having to get in taxis with them to make sure they go home, being groped and then pushing them in the door to their wives. Not okay. Business being done on the golf course or at sporting events where women are not invited. Exclu you know, excluding women from decision making. Things like saying you help with the housework and you help with the kids. Really? That's implying that it's women's jobs to do these things and you're such a good person by helping out. Mm. If you live in that house and you make dirt and mess and you get the benefits of being in that house, then you're however many people in the house responsible. If you made those children, you're 50% responsible for looking after them, cleaning up after them, parenting them, and all of the rest. It's, I just don't understand how these things become one person's job. And then there are more subtle things like internalised sexism where women start feeling like they're imposters for uh, showing up or doing well. They're, it's really well known that women undersell themselves in job interviews and men oversell themselves. Uh, deflecting to, oh, I couldn't have done it without this person. We need to sort of sit and acknowledge, uh, acknowledge and identify our own self-biases as well. It's so insidious. This is the stuff we breathe in without realising every day because it's all around us and yeah. being reinforced. Yeah, I mean, I guess the reason why I ask is because these microaggressions are in flux a lot uh -huh. like I can count on more than one hand how many times when 
I've been either in person with my boss and I've been directed all the questions about uh, something versus her and having to awkwardly answer them with respect to her position over mine. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. I've also seen that where there's a couple and the the female will ask a question and the answers will all be directed to the male. Yep. How that like, happened to um, Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's 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 crazy making and it's tiring. Yeah. I think this is the thing with microaggressions as well that people don't understand that. And then of course if you bring it up you're being unreasonable and petty. It's not that at all. It's exhausting, exhausting. So I really want to say to folks out there who are tired, you are not burning out and you are not failing. You're trying to succeed in a system that's really geared against you. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's so much to unpack there that we can only really just briefly get to. But I want to ask you, Tanya, what can we do? Because we do need to get guys to be educated and to help out. What can we do to at least start a conversation, spark a thought, not necessarily have to hold their hand or walk them through and explain everything because that's, well, that's, that's the hard thing, isn't it? That's so much work already. It is. And I think some days you're going to have more spoons than others. Sometimes uh, your friends will pick up that mantle for you when you're tired. Uh, it, it's really difficult. I saw, a lot, I saw a lot of this around the marriage equality campaign, actually, where mm. lots of queer activists were absolutely exhausted and couldn't do any more and other people came and stepped in. So this is where a good allyship is great. But things uh, we need to be educating on is letting women take up space. I, I mean, from literally men in suits pushing women out of the way in queues at coffee shops because they're important and they have to get to a meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had this when I had a disability. I was like, wow, thanks for pushing in. Now I can't stand here long enough. I have to miss my coffee this morning because my legs only work for X number of minutes standing up. It was so interesting just looking at the suppositions, nobody is more important, more important or busy than anybody else. You, know, you need to wait alongside the rest of us. And the way you approach women, speak to them with respect, right? It's really, re- and the, the most important thing is seek to understand your privilege, right? And, and even the way I said that, seek to understand not to be understood. Stop talking. Stop talking. Shut up. Listen to what people are trying to say to you. I, I actually that. understand that it's a bit shocking when you you hear like people saying blah, 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 this happened to me, and it's like, oh, well, you know, that's not me and it's not my friends. Be quiet. Yeah. Listen to what their experience is and understand that you can be intimidating without meaning to. You're not a bad guy. You know, it's about, you know what, you're really lucky in the lottery of life. I wonder how you could use that luck to help other people. We'll be right back on Let's Talk About Sex after this track by Yaya Bay. Fuck it then is the name, which means this is a language warning for you on FBI. You're an FBI. 
Well, let's talk about sex. I'm Maya Billick and I'm joined by Tanya Coons. And we're going to wrap this up real quick. Mm. But before we get to that, uh, we want to talk about how, although there's so much talk at the moment about particular instances of abuse or bad behaviour, there isn't actually so much talk about how to solve this. It's a lot of, like, capital letters, this is happening and Mm. not so... like. I've only just started to see articles pop up like how can you deal with all this information happening to you on your phone constantly and deal with all of this re-triggering ness. Um, What do you think needs to happen, Tanya, to create this cultural shift that we need? Yeah. Um, I want to drive people to my Instagram because I put up a few things on how men can behave Um, and just, you know, nice kind of little ideas, thoughts every day. But I think the underlying premise for a lot of this is we need to understand the word no. Mm -hmm. It's a boundary and we need to be able to respect that. We need to teach this at home, at school, university and work. We're supposed to be a nation of good sports, yet so many people in this country get pouty or aggressive if you say no. I mean, we need to really understand that when somebody says no, it's not a personal insult, it's just not working for them. I like to teach and encourage people to say thank you when somebody says no to them. I love a no because I feel much safer with that person knowing that they're going to tell me when something's not okay. Right. So if you're horny or if you're hungry or if you want something really badly, it's not more important than a woman's safety, dignity or their ability to say no. I need to say that a lot. And we need to believe all of the victims and the people coming to us with these stories and stop worrying about the shame that it could bring to work, school, family, etc. The victim isn't bringing the shame, the perpetrator is. So we need to stop covering up for them. Totally. And what do you think we can do to support any friends who might be more sensitive or triggered by all of this, um, even ourselves? Yeah. If you or people around you are feeling overwhelmed right now, take a break from the news and social media. That is important because it is overwhelming. Uh, Spend time with loved ones, co-regulation, right? Spend time with folk around you that are calm and that you feel safe with uh, because that's going to bring down the anxiety and stress in the body. And get into nature. Get your feet in the grass, in the sand, in the dirt. Stand under some trees. Breathe. We heal with connection with others in nature and there's a lot of research coming out on that now. It's very simple stuff, but it's profoundly effective. Get into gardening. Yeah, get your hands dirty. (laughs) Tanya, thank you so much for coming through this week again for such a tough topic, but really pulling through and doing an excellent job as always. Uh Thanks for letting me be so blunt. (laughs) 